0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ain't God wonderful? Amen. I just want to tell you how all the songs, and this is just how the Holy Ghost works. All the songs went right along with the message this morning. And I thank Sister Marcella and and our worship and praise for being in tune with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So they know. And, and, uh, you know, that's just how God works. That's how God works. Turn with me over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We sang that first song, When the Home Gates Swing Open for me, talking about when heaven's gates swings open for us, amen. And uh, this, just every song then beauty Land, and I, I want to preach this morning on some things I want on my record. Some things I want on my record, okay? I know one day, I, I, as I passed by the Funeral home today, there was a name on the board. I don't remember the name, and I thought, well, maybe you remember, but I don't remember the name, but I did recall there was a name on the board. About every day when I pass by, there's one, two, or three names on that board. And one of these days, if the Lord tarries, you're going to pass by there and my name will be on there. Or I might pass by and your name be on there. Amen. It is appointed once the man to die, and after this is the judgment. So we all, one thing for sure, if the Lord tarries, we will all face death one day. And uh, I don't know that there's anything that somebody thinks about more when they lay down at night and everything's quiet, nobody at all but you closing your eyes to start to rest that you think about than that. Because you have time to meditate and think about what's going on during the day. What's going on during the week, amen? What's going on in your life completely, amen? But here in this scripture, I love this scripture. And if you will, let's stand one more time to pay respect to the Word of God. And I want you to pray that God let us preach this, amen, just the way it would have it preached. And uh, because I'm telling you, this is really, it really touches my heart because this is so personal, This is so personal what I'm preaching today. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul was talking to Timothy here. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine." For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Verse 8, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you once more this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, as we come to this hour of the service, Lord, I pray, dear God, there's done been those that's come and prayed and talked to you, Lord. But dear God, there's others, dear Heavenly Father, that needs to talk to you this morning. I pray, dear God, that you just ever have your will and way in this service. Lord, take me now in an empty vessel, fill me with the Holy Ghost, and use me, God, for your honor and glory. I pray. I love you. I thank you and I praise you in Christ's name today, I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Paul told him, he said, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge to quicken the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. This is some things here that's going to be on Paul's record. This was right before Paul walked outside, laid his head down on that rock, and they chopped his head off, okay? There's some things in this life that I'm ashamed of that I don't want on my record that's already there. There's not a thing in the world I can do about that. Amen. But from this day forward, Brother Daniel, we can have a good clean record if we want to, if we choose to. And after you hear this message, I hope there's not a day the rest of your life that you don't think about the message Brother Jeff's preaching this morning and this scripture. Because the most important day, every funeral I preach, I tell them this every single time we're living for one day in our life. And that's to stand before Jesus. We're living for one day, and that's to stand before God, to hear him say, enter in my child, well done, or depart from me, you you that work in equity. I never knew you. Amen. Let me go run over this scripture right quick. Let's go over Paul's record. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. There is going to be a judgment. Amen. And every man, woman, boy, and girl, everyone that's ever been born shall stand before him. He told Timothy, he said, listen. He said, preach the word. But listen, he's not just speaking to Timothy here. He's speaking to everything. He's saying, proclaim the word. You Christians, those of you that's been washed in the blood, proclaim the word. He said be instant in season, out of season. What's that mean? It means be ready at all times. Preachers, what does that mean? That means if Brother Jeff got up this morning or went to bed last night, I was sick in my stomach, and I thought, well, Lord, I can't be sick in the morning. Ryan ain't going to be there, and Brother Raven wasn't going to be. And I thought, well, there's plenty still could fill in. But you know what he's saying? Even if Brother Jeff's sick and you don't have a clue, you need to walk through those doors ready to stand up and preach God's Word. Ain't that right, Brother Danny? Be instant, in season, out of season. But he's not just talking to the preachers. He's talking to you folks that's been washed in the blood and that is a witness. He said, be ready at any moment, at any time to be able to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. Some things that was on Paul's record. Then we're going to get into our record. Amen? He said, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove. Reprove with conviction. Rebuke. What's rebuke mean? It means threaten. <laughs> do you know that? He says threaten them, but then he goes right on down and says, but exhort with long suffering, but do it out of patience and kindness. Amen. And sometimes, you know, I guess I've, I've thought about it. I've stood and preached, probably in front people thought I was threatening them when I went to tell them about heaven and hell, and if they didn't get saved, they was going to die lost to go to hell. I, I guess somebody could think I was probably, amen. Uh, rebuking them. But listen, amen. He went on down verse 3 For the time will come when they will not endear sound doctrine. How many of you knows we're living in that day? When they will not endear sound doctrine, but after their own lust. After this own flesh, amen, and after the way people want to live their selves, they shall heed to themselves, teachers having itching ears. What does that mean, pastor? That means they want a preacher that will preach and tickle their ears. They will preach or feel good salvation, amen, according to the lifestyle they're trying to live. Amen. Listen, don't y'all get quiet on me. Amen. Too many people want to hear what fits their lifestyle, what's going to be good for them to go out on the job tomorrow and still continue to live their sinful life and still feel good in church about it when the preacher preaches. Amen. Amen. Paul said that don't work. He's talking to Timothy. Amen. What verse did get to for? And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. We're living in that day. But watch. But watch, but watch. What's he mean? Get up watching, amen, every day. Be ready. Thou in all things dear afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. How many of you knows that every one of us has a ministry if we've been saved? Listen, everybody, you won't say, well, let Brother Jeff do it. He's the pastor. Let Brother Ryan do it. He's a minister. Let Brother Daniel or Daniel or Don. Let one of them do it. They're preachers. That's not what the Word of God saying. If we are a true witness, if we are a true disciple, we are supposed to do it. Amen. Did you know one day we're going to stand before God? He ain't going to just open one book. He ain't going to just open two books. He's going to open a book of works. You can't work your way to heaven. The only way you're going to get there is to the blood but he is going to open a book of works. How many of you knows these five crowns, amen? And we'll get on down to verse 8 and talk about the, uh, about the crown here in a little bit. Amen? But God's going to open up a book. I don't know what judgment day's going to look like. I've tried to picture it in my mind. Would it be a line 500 miles long and people lined up waiting to see Jesus? I don't know. Have y'all ever wondered about it? What it's going to look like. And then, and is it going to be a giant picture screen about 500 miles high and 500 miles wide, and, and your life's going to be on that screen, and everybody's going to be standing back there watching that screen? They're going to see all them sinful things you've done that nobody else knew about. They're going to see that time you went out on your wife. They're going to see that time you went out on your husband. They're going to see that time, amen, that... You got drunk as a skunk and nobody else knew about it, amen? Or that time you smoked that joint without anybody. I'm just talking about Listen, I'm telling you, folks, one of these days, all of these things are going to come out. And we better be ready. You know what the Bible even says? Every idle word. And y'all are looking at me like, well, that's how I failed, amen? Because like I said, Amen, we're all flesh. There's some things I don't want to come out, amen, from years and years and years ago. We was all teenagers at one time, amen. We've all lived our lives, amen. But folks, listen, we've got to be ready. Let me get ready. I've got to get in this message. Let me finish this scripture. He said, but watch thou in all things in dear affliction, do the work of evangelists. Make full proof of your ministry, of your ministry. He said, for I am now ready to be offered at this time, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all of them also that love his appearing. Hey, some things I want on my record. The first thing I thought about is I want God to look at me and say, Jeff, you stood true. What's the word of God say in Ephesians chapter 6, brother Daniel? He said, once you've done all you can do to stand, just stand. Once you've gone as far as you think you can go, when everything's just so rough. Amen. I had a rough week this week with all my babies. That ain't nothing hurts me any worse than something my wife to suffer or my babies to suffer. But that really hurts, brother Jeff, and the devil knows that. Amen. It's been a pretty rough week. Amen. But God has got us to it. But amen. One of these days, amen, I want God to look at me and say, you stood. You know, Paul talked about it, our life being a race. You know how you run a marathon? I've seen them running a marathon Saturday on TV. It's about a two-hour marathon. They run about 26 miles. You know, they start out, and they just jog along a little bit, a little bit of time. Some of them start out pretty fast. Hey, man, you start out fast, and about a mile down the road, you're going to be laying down. Amen. But they paced herself. Amen. And they get ready. I never will forget when I was in the Army. Amen. This boy, that, that one of my uh, mates was Arzu from New York City. And, boy, he was good. He was fast. And we was running the mile, and I wanted to be first because I wanted to be first. We had 250 in our platoon. I was still in pretty good shape, just come out of high school and playing sports. He I had on my fatigues and my boots, but we got to running that mile, and I started out slow, and he started out slow, and the rest of them boys started out, and next thing I know, about two laps, and they were walking, holding their side, you know. Me and Arzu, we were just going. Arzu got on out in front of me a little bit. We got down to the last lap, and, and Arzu, I got up next to him, and then we got almost to the finish line, was in a full sprint. Did you know your life's that way? Did you know your life? We're, we're, we are running a race. And listen, the Bible says we're running to win. I get that. I wanted to win. Amen. And I did. I dove before. When I got to the finish line, I dove so I would win. Yes, I had skin from the top of my head all the way down because I was on asphalt. But well, I'll tell you something. We are running a race, Christians. Our life is a race. Amen. And we compete every day. Amen. I want to stand before the Lord and on Him say, Jeff, you was the husband that I would want every man to be. I want to say, you was the husband to Rhonda, amen, that I would have had you to be. Men, we are to be real men. You know what a real man is? A real man loves Jesus. First and foremost, he loved Jesus. And when a real man loves Jesus, he'll love his wife more than anything. Men, how many of you know that we come last in this world? How many of you know our wives is before us and that our babies are before us? Amen. And be honest, our friends is probably before us. Amen. I believe that. But. How do you treat your wife? You know what? If my boys don't open their doors for their wife and they've been married for years and I see that, I chew them out. And yes, they're 37, 38-year-old. And I still chew them out. They ought to be opening the door until they die. I believe that. You treat your wife like she's a lady. Amen? You treat her like Jesus would. But women, you ought to treat your husband, amen, like he needs to be treated. You ought to treat your husband like you're the Holy Spirit of the home. Amen. And you ought to live like it. I believe that. I can't preach on this. i got to get off this. But I'm just telling you, we ought to raise our kids. We ought to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Amen. When they're old, the Bible says they will not depart. Amen. Listen to me, church. We're going to stand before Him. How will you stand? I wrote a song one time, how will you stand when you stand before the Lord. Amen. And some of you younger folks are thinking, well, I got plenty of time. You know, one of the biggest excuses I hear, I've got plenty of time, preacher. I'm young. I'm in my 20s. I'm in my, you know, yesterday I was in my 20s. Now I'm 60. Whew, just like that. In a blink, don't it, Barry? Amen. It just flies by. And, you know, I was thinking as I studying this morning, I thought if I live 20 more years, I will be 80 years old, 80 years young. And it's going to go by even quicker. My daddy said, son, get ready and hold on because you ain't going to remember where the next 20 goes. Listen, you're not guaranteed another breath. You are not guaranteed another breath. If you had to stand before him today, if you stood before him today, what if you walked out these doors, you got in your car, man, and got killed a mile or two down the road? You're going to stand before Jesus. How will you stand? Amen. I want him to say, Jeff, you stood true. Once you've done all you could do to stand, you stood. Amen. Not only, amen, that I was the man God had had me to be, but I want to hear him say, you had on your record, you are so full of love, Jeff. Amen. And listen, I could preach on this all day long. What's the definition of God? Love. What's the greatest thing we can do? We can love people. If we got love in our hearts, we are know by the love, amen, that they've got in them. Somebody that's ill and hateful all the time, walk around like they've been sucking on a lemon. Amen. We ought to act like we're full of love, church. We ought to show the love ought to flow out of us. It ought to flow out of us. When you're to grow, I listen. We all have bad days. I know that, but it don't make no difference. That love should still come out of you because you're saved twenty-four-seven. Amen. I want him to look and say you was full of love. And I listen. Let me just tell you. Go over and read John. I'll tell you what, we're just gonna flip over and read or say, Amen. Let me over to John fourteen. You know what? How many of you knows that if you don't love your brother, even the Bible says we even got to love our enemy. Do you know what the Word of God says? Well, heat coals on their heads. Amen. Listen, if you got an enemy, you know, I found out how if you want to get God to answer your prayer, you know what the quickest way to get your prayer answered is? Pray for your enemy. Pray for that person that just got through talking about you and trying to hurt you in your life. And I'm going to tell you something. You will not believe what a miracle God to do in your life. I believe that. John 14, let's see, about verse 11. John 14, 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. How many of you know that we got joy in our life if we're living for Jesus? If we truly are living for Jesus the way we should, how many of you know we're filled with joy? Not just happiness. It's a completely different thing. We have joy. To have joy is to have Jesus walking and talking and living with you day in and day out 24-7, okay? He said, verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. How many of you knows that we can't love like Jesus? we well, I'm going to tell you something. I married the most day one. And I'm telling you something, I love that woman, and I loved her ever since day one. I, when I fell in love with her, I'm telling you, I fell in love. And 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 I there's nothing like it until Bradley come along in Kingsport, Tennessee, amen. I, I walked in there, and, and we'd been up there about nine, eight or nine months living and, and working, and, and Rhonda had gone and, and was going to have Brad, and, and me and her was only two there at that big hospital. Mom and dad wasn't even there. I late at night, and, and the next thing I know, here come three or four doctors, two or four nurses. Well, the first thing, I seen his monitor start going crazy, and it went to zero. I sat in there. Well, you know, you watch that stuff, especially when it's the first child. That first child, you know, you, you take care of them. You watch that past every time it falls down. Bless the heart, second child. They'll pick that dirt up, stick that dirt in that mouth. Yeah. Amen. That's just the way it is in that third child. They don't stand a chance. They are doomed. Amen. And then that sixth one. man, <laughs> hey man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Amen. It's fun. it's good to have fun. Amen. But I looked, and it kept going to zero, and it would go back up. And I hollered for the nurse, and I hit the button because it kept going to zero. And, boy, here come about eight of them in there. And they said, get out of here. Get out. I mean, run me out. Boy, I was shaking. What about 18, 19, 20-year-old? 20, 20, young, just a baby. Amen. Amen. Just a the baby. They run me out of there. Lord scared to death. And, and the first thing I done, I went in the waiting room and it was just full. All the seats. I just fell down in the middle of the floor. Well, I just started begging. I just started crying out loud. Praying out loud. Everybody, next thing I know, I looked up and everybody in the waiting room was gathered around with me. Pray. Praying. I didn't know one. I've never seen them in my life. But they were all down. There. I don't know if they love the Lord. If they're I don't know. But they was in the floor praying with me. I said, God please, just take care of my beautiful little lady and take care of her brain. Well, the cord was wrapping around his head and it was cutting oxygen to his brain off and his heart was quitting. And they'd done an emergency C-section and saved his life. I want to tell you something. Just as soon as they come and got me and I walked and I seen that baby laying there, I found out what love was. How many of his mamas and daddies you remember when you first seen that baby for the first time? The first thing I thought about was, Jesus, you saved my child and you gave your child so I could have mine. The first thing I thought, he is so good to us. And all he asked us to do is to stand for him. All he asked us to do is to love. I can't even start to imagine the love that Jesus has for me because I love her so much and I love my boys so much and I love my grandbabies so much. I can't imagine the love he has for me. Amen? I want him to look at me one day and say, You was full of love, Jeff. You loved loved in a mighty way. Amen, and folks ought to be able to know. I got to get on; or I ain't never gonna get through. I want to look at me one day, amen. On Judgment Day, and want to look at me and say, "You was a soul winner." I'll tell you something, folks. It's just, it's just awesome for him if he'll look at you one day and say, "You was a true soul winner." You love seeing souls being saved. You love people looking up and saying, I just got washed in the blood of Jesus. I just give my life to the Lord. Amen? Amen. There's nothing no greater than getting saved except hearing somebody look at you and say, I just got saved. God gave me the opportunity to lead Brad and Ryan, both my sons, to the Lord. He's given me the opportunity to help lead my grandbabies to the Lord. There's nothing like it. Amen. Not only a soul winner. i won't get on because I've got a bunch more points. Amen. I, I, when I stand before him, and, and stay in John there because I, I want him to say, Jeff, you was a true friend to me. Now I'm gonna tell you something. All my life, and y'all have y'all been here for 15 years with me. You've heard me preach this all my life. All these 15 years. What greater could there be? To hear Jesus look at you. Now listen, you know Jesus is your friend. There's no doubt about that. I'm fixing to read you this scripture. But how much greater can it be for Jesus to look at you and say, You was my friend. Daddy told me, he said, Son, if you have two or three true friends in a lifetime, you've done something. Because very few people have over two or three true friends. I thank God I've had more than that. Thank God. But you know what a true friend is? It's somebody that sticks closer than a brother. It's somebody that when you're having your worst day will try to build you and lift you up. It's somebody that won't continuously run you down or even try to get you down, but will try to lift you up. And no matter what's going on, they will be there to love on you and to help you through it all. That's what a true friend is. You know, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, I think what he thought, David, is he hung out and died. That drove the spikes broke him more than anything. Yes, that beat him. That stabbed him with a the spear. That drove the spikes through his hand and his feet. But I believe what tortured him and killed him worse than anything, Brother Daniel, was that they didn't love him the way he loved them. Only five stood at the foot of the cross. We're coming up on Easter, and only five, only five, and only one disciple stood at the foot of the cross. How wonderful would it be to stand up him one day and say, you're my friend. You're my friend. We could hear that. Amen. Not only that you're my friend. Amen. But I, you know what? what? What's the greatest gift we've got? I think one of the, the most greatest gifts we got is prayer. I believe the greatest gift we've got is to be able to stand, is to be able to get in my car, go down the road and say, Jesus, it's just me again. I've had a bad day today, Lord, and I need to hear from you. Or to go out in my woods behind my house, or, or just to go out and sit on my back steps and say, Lord, here I am again. I've made a mess of things. Amen. How many of you knows this flesh makes a mess of things? When we let the flesh do things, it makes a mess. And how many times have we just had to go out and say, Lord, Father, here I am again. please, please, please forgive me and help me. I thank God. I want him to look at me and say, you didn't care to pray, to him. I want him to be one of them kind just like Brad was. Brad was like, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, 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 can I go so and so? Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. He'll leave me alone about two seconds. The next thing I know, Daddy, he's on the other side. Daddy, 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 give me that pack of gum. Daddy, give me that pack of chips. Daddy, Daddy, I need a Coke. Daddy, 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 he didn't care what I asked. Do you know God's that way. How many of you know that God wants us to ask? How many of you know that God give us the gift of prayer so we would talk to him, church, so we would cry out to him every time we need him or every time we don't need him? How many of you knows the greatest thing we can do? And how many of you know this? You know what the greatest Christians are? They're the ones that when they're by themselves, them and Jesus just has a wonderful time. You don't have to come to church to say, Lord God, to pray out loud for folks to hear you, for them to thank you, pray. Amen. We've got every day and all the time we can be talking to Jesus. Amen. I thank God. I want him to look at me when I stand before him, knowing to say, Jeff, listen, you know what he said to the church? I have somewhat against you, but. And after he's gone through that long list and put it up on the screen or whatever. Of me, the bad things, these are things I want to hear him say. I want him to hear him say, Jeff, you didn't care to thank me. Thank you for coming to me, not just for something, but just coming just to say, Lord, I love you today. How often do we cry out to him just to say, thank you, Jesus. What a day. Thank you, Lord, for always being there. Instead of saying, Lord, I need you right now. I need a miracle. I gotta have, you know it just about every day we've gotta have a miracle nowadays. God help us, church. God help us. Amen. Not only do I want to hear him say, you're a praying man, amen, but last of all, I want to hear him say, and this here could be, amen, just wonderful. For him to look at me and say, Jeff, you was Christ-like. What's that name? Y'all know what christ like is? You was just like me. You was just like me. Did you know if you're Christ like, when you walk around, people can see it? You don't have to go up and tell somebody, hey, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. You don't have to tell them that. You don't have to say a word to them. They know. They can look at you and tell what's in your heart and life. Amen. I believe it. They can see something is different about you. Do they want what you've got, church? Do the people you work with, what do they see out of you day after day after day? What is your kid seeing at home, Mom and Daddy, out of you day after day? How many of you know the church starts right at your home? How many of you know that if you don't live a good home life, there ain't going to be a good church life? You can come and pretend. You can come and be an actor. But what good is that? We need to live for Him at home. It all starts at home. Amen. Marcel, y'all come on and get ready. One of these days we're going to stand before the Lord. I want to go back up to verse 7 and 8 and look at those again over in Second Timothy. Let me read verse thirteen, 14 first before I do it. Greater love hath no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friend. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. How wonderful that would be. But I want you to listen. Paul said this in verse 7. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. How many of you knows every one of us has got a course? Every one of us has a course. He's laid that course out, and he said, this is your life. It's going to be your life one day. show they used to have that game show, this is your life. (laughs) Well, it's going to be your life one day. And you're going to stand before God, and amen, and everything's going to come out. You're going to stand before him, and he's going to say, I laid a course out for you. From the time you was saved, from the time you said I accepted Jesus into my heart, I had a course laid out. And you got on that course, and you stayed on it about six months. Next thing I know, just going down a dirt road. You're going down a pig trail. You got back on it a time or two. And stayed on it a month or so then you're back down the side road I wonder how many of us is pursuing the course God put us on there's no telling how many folks are sitting in here right now under the sound of my voice that god has spoke to your heart and life and said i need you to do this or that and you said i can't do that I can't do it. I know I did that when they called me to preach I said i can't do that God's got something for everybody in here to be doing. If it's just to clean the bathrooms or sweep and mop the floors. Amen. Amen. God's got a course for you to pursue. And one day when we stand before him, he's going to say, you never did pursue the course I'd laid out. If you had it, you would have had divine favor your whole life. We wonder how people walk around smiling so happy. Let me tell you how. They're on the course God laid out for them. They're on the course. No, it's not easy. No, it's hard. A lot of times it's really hard when there's grief and sorrow and everything in the world going wrong. But he said, get on that course and pursue it. Paul said, I've done everything God had for me to do. How many times through the Word of God did it say they would have let Paul go? But Paul said, no, I've got a course to pursue. And he was standing fixing to be beheaded, Brother Daniel. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also. And this is you. To all of them also that love his appearing. God knows your heart. God knows your life. Everybody stand. I want to tell you something. If I wasn't saved, I'd get saved. I'd run this altar today. If I wasn't living the way I should live, I'd run this altar today. Because I told you to start with this message. There's nothing more important than standing before God on judgment day and being ready to go. But I'll tell you another thing. There's a song that says, What Will I Leave Behind? You all heard that song? What Will I Leave Behind? You're going to be leaving something behind. One of these days, I'm going to be laying in the coffin. And my grandbabies, my sons, if the Lord tarries, are going to come by. And I want my babies, I want the Holy Ghost to wrap his arms around them and say, You had a good pawpaw. He told you about Jesus all the time. He prayed with you. Every time you sat down to eat, he blessed your food or you blessed it one. I want my sons to go around and say, Thank you, Daddy. For raising us in church. Thank you, Daddy, for leading us to Jesus. And I want my wife to go around and say, Honey, thank you for being the man God would have you to be. Thank you for being the husband God would have you to be. And thank you for being the daddy and the father to these kids God would have you to be. Church, I can't tell you how serious it is today. You say, Well, I've not lived that life. Take it today and run with it. Start today and live the rest of your life like you're going to stand before him one day. And he will change everything. Find that course. Come and get this altar and cry out to him and say, God, please show me the course you'd have me on and let me pursue it. God knows your heart. God knows your life. God knows everything about you. And this is a personal thing between you and him. Nothing else matters. As they sing, would you come? As they sing, just come get in this altar. Amen. And give it all to God today. Come on. Don't wait. Don't wait.